I fucking hate this man named Donald Trump. I'm going to move the election night party to the White House because y'all going to fucking have to drag me from this bitch. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga blessed. Welcome back to Black Oak Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for a new show that I have been wanting to check out for a while. I've heard nothing but rave reviews. That is Netflix's Ratchet. We're looking at the pilot tonight, written by Evan Romansky, directed by Ryan Murphy, who worked, of course, on Scream Queens, Pose, American Horror Story, I don't know what your favorite season was, but I know I love Coven. And I also thought the first season was spectacular. Then again, I'm a fan of Asylum as well. I should have just made it less convoluted and said, I like the first three seasons of American Horror Story. So Nurse Mildred Ratchet is a character from Ken... Kessie's 1962 novel One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I've actually never read this or at least I do not recall reading this book so it is now on my library list because I can get it for free. The audio version. Some executive producers of note on this project Michael Douglas, Sarah Paulson who plays the Mrs. Ratchet character and Ryan Murphy among a few others it looks like we have some very familiar faces tonight i did not catch them all i did not get all of the actor and actresses names but as i get to know the characters i'm sure i will some have even been in american horror story like one of oh he wasn't in the first three at least i don't recall him in the other two but i definitely remember him from the circus And that is one Finn Whitrock who plays the title character Edmund Tullison. I am very, very intrigued by his characterization already. He is just a very mesmerizing actor. I am very, very intrigued to see where this show goes. I gave it an 8.3 out of 10. I love the visualization and the style. Although I find the sex a little overly (laughs) implied, but maybe there's more to that than I am reconciling at the moment. We start 1947. Church services have begun and ended with a man speaking from the pulpit. And of course, there's another man standing in the rain, smoking a cigarette, lurking in the shadows here's johnny a little cliche but i was okay with it i just want someone to be whittling one time or doing something that is not smoking because <laughs> i can't help but think and i'm not a smoker so maybe i just don't know all i keep thinking is that cigarette's gonna be soggy right the priests all sit down to dinner and discuss going to miracle on 34th street when one excuses himself to wank off to nudie magazines upstairs while everyone is away This is supposed to be a priest dormitory, which is already pretty much like a mansion. But then he had the gold silk robe. And then I think the other guy, the Monsignor, I think that's what they call it. He had a green silk robe. And I'm like, this is a four post bed. Y'all should live at large off of these church donations, aren't you? 
the man reveals himself as a killer when he makes him wait his way inside he says his car broke down rings the bell the guy just lets him in why not (laughs) why not one dinner plate is left out because he was so quick to get upstairs and jack off so when the other priests come back home one goes to put it away the others go upstairs of course it's the black man but he wasn't killed first so i'm okay with it (laughs) that finds mr wank in his tub and killer edmund behind the door he stabs him to death i will say why couldn't they just gang up on this dude there's like six of them i know they were old men but i would have been like um (laughs) let me kill you all you know he had a knife there were like four of you but he looked like he had the strength of the hulk so i guess it wouldn't have mattered anyway but when he spots monsignor why did that dude run into monsignor's room and underneath his bed and set it down them damn stairs and out of the goddamn house i do not understand that mindset whatsoever he i get it you were scared but there's the door and there's underneath the bed and it's not like the freaking you know he was so focused on him and you he didn't even come out of the room yet because he didn't know that he went in monsignor's room so clearly you had enough time to make your ass where you needed to be and fly down them steps that's what i would have thought to do he reveals himself to be the son of sister margaret who had sexual relations with monsignor she apparently was a nun kicked out of the nunnery and sent to a whorehouse where she died of morphine because they gave it to her then he was sent off to an orphanage which is never a good place to be in the 1900s or even now so he tells him to confess and he's like look i had sex with her but she wanted it i'm sorry what happened to you i'm not even sure why he even thought to have a conversation with him again you're begging for your life you're scared i get it but yeah he then stabs him to death while the other man at least kept his hand over his mouth so that his whimpers would not escape i don't know why i'm just thinking of this but if i sound as if i have a stuffy nose or anything i have to apologize i have really bad winter and fall allergies it's fall right now but winter is coming so if i sound like shit that's why and i have now started transitioning and taking calls during my work hours and that also exhausts the fuck out of my voice back into the recap six months later mildred ratchet watches a couple make out while she is getting her gas and gas attendant apparently gets rather turned on by the scene as well but she is rather disgusted and says um why don't you go ahead and hand me that newspaper because that's what i asked for and then he says well why are you going to saint lucia and she says i don't see how that's any of your business and then she gives one of my few favorite remarks in this episode you should bathe more often your fingernails are filthy these nuts (laughs) got (laughs) it got (laughs) it 
but i feel like his comeback would have been very very uh justified like bitch i work at a gas station <laughs> how do you think i'm supposed to be prima donna i'm not a hand model fuck off lucia population 984 is where the clergy killer is to be held and she gets to the hotel where we meet gwendolyn vultures aplenty meaning the press have been renting out the hotel ratchet says that she is a nurse not a vulture though catches the eye of one who is both hunky hulky and very very interested in one miss ratchet she's also imitating the sophistication and style of someone of worth because we see her in a flashback where she looks very much the dour spinster and interviews or goes to the interview for a position as a nurse at lucia psychiatric facility with dr hanover she has made up this letter completely saying that she has come all this way for an interview however bucket a very formidable nurse of her own susses out that this letter is bullshit because either hanover wrote it which he won't or she did which she didn't but allows her to wait when she says i have nowhere else to be after a lengthy wordplay with bucket about how he might be back this afternoon but sure he might be back soon or whatever she got things to do (laughs) i felt like that's how she ended it like okay if you want to be difficult go ahead hanover has been left cooling his heels waiting for the governor to acknowledge his existence but is then refused the meeting via his secretary and this is a common trope with this guy he goes to the bar to drown his sorrows and he sees the guy from the motel but he's at the motel i don't i wasn't sure if he actually visibly saw him there or if he didn't but we'll get back to that governor wilburn then comes in he is played by one and my lovely vincent d'onofrio i'm glad that netflix is keeping him paid because he needs to get all them checks because he's a great actor he is not a great governor though or even a great person as he barely hears hanover's pitch for the drinks arrive and he tells him to skedaddle try again next month where i can send my secretary to tell you to skedaddle the wife however is much more interested because behind every great man is a woman rolling her eyes <laughs> i still love that, that line from the flash it's the only thing Aminette said that wasn't bothersome dolly the blonde bimbo at the front desk who is putting on more red lipstick than she will ever need she is greeted by one herald who spots ratchet's ass and his whole demeanor changes like bitch i'm watching you motherfucker i was only laughing because he was black and i was feeling as if he was saying i can feel the caudacity coming off of you already as mildred freshens up in the restroom she hears a sound and follows said sound to a nurse amelia having sex with an unknown male in the vine room i love how the hallway turned the color of the room that was just ooh, gave me chills made me happy as i like to say cinematic porn 
when hanover arrives back at the office he just ain't in the mood to talk to bucket and throws a plant upon hearing that someone is waiting for him automatically says it's bullshit because i know i ain't got no money to hire a nurse while he goes out to handle it himself he is then railroaded by ratchet who uses civility once again to gain an actual interview so she is very insistent and knows how to use that to her advantage particularly with men it's almost as if she becomes their mother in a way i know that sounds weird but if you know anything about oedipus complex well freud was a quack but there is some type of (laughs) some of his research yeah don't um it took me a while to get through Freud and be like okay i need to listen once i listen to some other people it's like oh well but there is some some merit i think to the oedipus complex because i've seen it happen too many times (laughs) and i feel as if she uses this to her advantage and it does seem to get her where she needs to be and she has again this air of superiority and confidence that also leads to some great persuasive skills because bucket sees her and cannot believe that she is cleaning up this plant mess and this half i got an interview and i love how she very passively aggressively shows her dislike by just brushing past her with the dirt hoping it leaves a stain i was like i like bucket i see her he is apparently fascinated in lewd science because he thinks the human mind should be healed and thinks it can be with a pit because she sees that on his desk she talks about how she loves to save soldiers and her words do not sway him because he does not have the pocketbook to hire her in she then goes to plan b which is amelia emerson a nurse at lucia hospital at first i didn't realize it was the same nurse but i could tell by the way they were eyeing each other she goes to her home runs into her husband and daughter was she about that about to smell that broken baby doll or was she going back to some really fucked up childhood memories which she does and we'll get back to that a little bit later she introduces herself as arlene bauer and tells her to give her a call because she is a class friend she then comes back to gwendolyn and asks a favor but before she's going to be able to ask that favor she has to listen to gwendolyn talk about the killer she wants to know everything about him including all the gory details of the murder because she is one of those uh what do you want to call them Um, (laughs) those people that follow criminals be writing them letters and shit she's all up in her fucking fedora i don't even know what you call that but it had me cracking up smoking her damn cigarette before she says sure if you receive any phone calls under the name arlene Barr as a joke in quotation marks um i will let you know she then sees the the neighbor once again this is Corey Stahl, i believe and tells him he's leering and that smile could melt ice and he's like i've been told that before she says i don't like it and he's like i can't help it when a woman's so beautiful and i was like oh okay i see what you're doing she then dresses her ass up slips a note under his door and invites him 
And once he slips the note back under her door when they both confirm they're not married. Then this shit gets weird. <laughs> There's no other word to describe it. And I was laughing my ass off during this entire scene. Because she's like, I've never done this before. <clears throat> Bullshit. Why would women be all slutty? They're like, oh, I never did this before. Girl, you had a whole scenario you wanted him to play out for you. You've done this before. So he's like, sure, you know, I'll, t- I'll take you know some time with you because he comes in just to get things started and she says well can you sit on the bed no no not on my side next to me sit on the other opposing side at the foot of the bed and now let's play a game except it's a very specific game in which we are a married couple but i want to i don't want to have children because they're a burden and you do because that's what family is and he's like okay um i'm gonna stand up now and at least come back <laughs> and she he's like so what happens after that oh you leave and then he pulls down his pants <laughs> to show his boxers and he says well why would i want to do that and he thinking maybe this is some kinky type of shit and then she goes into if you are a little girl she's gonna have a baby one day and then you're going to convince her to have it and then you're gonna die and then she's gonna abandon the child after a few years and then he said fuck this shit i'm out Mm-mm. fuck this shit i'm out no thanks don't mind me i'ma just grab my stuff and leave excuse me please fuck this shit i'm out nope fuck this shit i'm out all right then I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'm gonna get the fuck up out of here. This shit, I'm out. My man's pulled up his pants, went to the door and opened it to see Gwendolyn's ratchet ass standing there trying to vicariously get her some sexual experience. Cause she said, if y'all have sex, I'm gonna, I'm gonna know it. That's because you freaking feeling yourself in the hallway, you nasty twat. And then he gonna say, if you want it, you know where to find me. I came looking for booty. He said, I fuck crazy bitches, but I don't want to hear their life story. (laughs) She then tells her, oh, you got a phone call. She blackmails Amelia to quit her job, meeting her at a bar, citing poisonous town. That's what you could tell your husband and that you need to get on out of there because she will reveal that she was screwing someone at the facility and then she gives her this creepy looking doll that looks rather like her and says for your daughter mrs wilburn then visits uh hanover at home and tells him that actually i think that we should make your facility the centerpiece for the re-election campaign for her husband because that will show that he is progressive with his ideas and proven results versus old stodgy like he very much is hanover of course is over the moon to get this uh new investment and his money this is exactly what he has wanted what he has needed when he tells bucket she is too excited revealing that it's their windfall (laughs) but that the nurse to staff ratio or nurse to patient ratio is off because amelia has ghosted and another nurse is vacationing in monterey he's like who did prove that i did 
What do you want me to do? What? You should read your fucking correspondence. Just then, a best wishes fruit basket arrives for one Miss Mildred Ratchet. Well played, ma'am. Well played. I love the change in the color palette once again as she passes by the same room, but she is now in her nurse uniform. And I love when Bucket is just going down the rundown of how things need to be spotless, how we need to make this place tip top. And she spots her and she's like, what are you doing here? I'm here to help. Hmm. (laughs) Then she says, moving on. All patients need to be tranquil humanely. And we see one of the patients, Salvatore, getting one himself. Now we saw him earlier, this patient, Salvatore, who was eager to make his way home he thought that he could be released it seemed as if he had good behavior if he was taking his medications he seemed excited to be getting out and then we'll put a pin in that because that's not not the reaction he uh he got the governor comes to visit and day one ratchet is scheming grabbing blood pressure medication to give to the pastor or the priest so that she could save them in front of the governor and the press alike the attendant with the scarred face definitely notices but doesn't say anything ratchet notices salvatore is completely despondent and finds out from gossiping dolly that his brother passed away and now he found out he wasn't getting out but it didn't matter because he wasn't going to be furloughed anyway as the nephew doesn't want anything to do with him. Despite Bucket knowing what's up and Hanover ready to fire her when they're like, it's so weird that he almost died. And she's like, yeah, it's like someone messed with his medication. And of course that leads back to her. The governor uses the news story to boost his campaign and wants to take a photo shoot and offer a check for $75,000 to Hanover, but Hanover doesn't want his photo taken or being in the papers because he's hiding something. But Ratchet happily poses with patient and then the governor, who she tells very sternly, please don't put your hand there. And you saw his wife give a look, probably like, yeah, I like that she put him in his place. This is the 50s, guys, so I can see most men being hated (laughs) as very autocratic, very controlling asses. Mildred then reveals to Salvatore in a very compelling scene that she had a brother herself and she wanted to be with him just like Salvatore wants to be with his brother and basically coaches and convinces him to commit suicide in Hanover's office going so far as to walk him there and show him the blade or letter opener that he has on his desk she also clearly has abandonment issues that we find out in this story because she said her brother needed her and she wasn't there for her and then she was left all alone she orchestrated this man's death just so when Hanover discovers her deceit with the blood pressure medicine because the seal is broken she then says well look there's a dead body in your office and offers to cover it up 
considering that the governor is still there with the press so this favor secures her gratefulness or his gratefulness because she definitely is working there now as bucket says when she disposes salvatore into the furnace she's almost busted by bucket but she i don't know she got a lot of strength puts him into that big old uh thing that she has and uh he will never be heard from again this is really shitty though because you can ghost any type of patient this way and that's dangerous the clergy killer is then brought to lucia for 120 days to determine if he is sane enough to stand trial and then we see that this edmund tullison is exactly the brother she has been re uh, referencing they reunite with her promising that he will not let her die don't be crying after you killed all them people like that doesn't even oh i'm such a stone cold killer oh it's my sister i don't want to die help me that seems like like he's putting that on more so than he generally because when he got out he didn't look like he was sniffing like a bitch <laughs> and that is how we ended the episode like i said i really enjoyed it i can't wait for these eight episodes i'm not sure if it got a season two but i believe the ratings are significantly high for this particular show so if you want to send feedback you can send that to blackgirlcouch at gmail.com again you can send it via audio or in written format just keep the audio under 10 minutes you can find this podcast black girl couch reviews on podbean stitcher itunes spotify and wherever else good podcasts can be found my social medias will be below remember to like share subscribe and if you have time run over to itunes and leave a review until next time peace hair grease and black girl magic <laughs>